You're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you, featuring author, speaker, and minister. Michael Nimmons. We want to welcome you to another Woman of Influence edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I hope you have been enjoying uh, this series throughout the month of March as we celebrate Women's History Month. But of course, today we're continuing our Woman of Influence series with a very influential woman. Uh, She is a, a newly elected uh, member of the Board of Trustees back in 2019, and she's also an attorney and who has a thriving private practice in Muskegon, and her name is Attorney Brianna Scott, and we're so very happy that she is this week's uh, woman of influence on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Shouts out to her. We have- Number one, we all need a Cory Booker in our life, somebody that is going to cheer us on and tell us we are worthy because I, you know, I posted on my Facebook page, I think it was yesterday, that as Black women, I feel that we are the least respected and protected group of people in the United States. I feel that way. I feel like we are like at the bottom as far as how people look at us mm-hmm. of the totem pole sometimes. and. It's time for the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Thought of the Week. Harry Tubman is one of my heroes because the more I read about this person, the more she was viciously beaten. Her whole life she used to fall into spells, cracked skulls. She faced starvation, chased by dogs. And when she got to freedom, what did she do? Did she rest? No, she went back. Again and again and again. The star was, the sky was full of stars, but she found one that was a harbinger of hope for better days, not just for her and those people that were enslaved, but a a harbinger of hope for this country. And she never gave up on America. She fought in the, led troops in the Civil War. She was involved in the suffrage movement. And as I came back from my run, after being mere assaulted by by someone on the street, I thought about her and how she looked up. She kept looking up. No matter what they did to her, she never stopped looking up. And that star... It was a harbinger of hope. Today, you're my star. You are my harbinger of hope. 
this country is getting better and better and better. And when that final vote happens and you ascend onto the onto the highest court in the land, I'm going to rejoice. And I'm going to tell you right now, the greatest country in the world, the United States of America, will be better because of you. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimitz. You're tuned into the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. We want to welcome you to another Woman of Influence edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I hope you have been enjoying uh, this series throughout the month of March as we celebrate Women's History Month and we have yet another very influential woman of influence that we uh, interviewed and will be sharing with you in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, we're so, so very excited that you tuned in this week. jump into that I uh, just want to give you a quick update about March Madness of course we have been doing so over the past few weeks uh, this is again March Madness and we're excited about college basketball and what's happening around the country in both men's and women's basketball and on Thursday's slate of games uh, Gonzaga went down number one overall uh, seed Gonzaga went down yet again uh, they've definitely not lived up to all the hype they lost to Arkansas in fact they got trounced by Arkansas 74 to 68 which is not uh, uh, really not a reflection of how how lopsided that victory was uh, Houston ended up beating Arizona so they advanced on shouts out to uh, head coach Calvin Sampson uh, Michigan uh, lost to Villanova yes that's right guys they lost to Villanova yet again and uh, you know we bleed green and white right here so we're ha- we were happy about that uh, Villanova did move on to the Elite Eight and Texas Tech uh, lost to Duke so uh, Coach K uh, career is extended yet again so he is now moving on uh, to another Elite Eight in his story career and uh, on yesterday Friday uh, Friday slate of games Kansas moved on beating Providence uh, ended up being a really good game towards the, uh, the tail end Kansas ended up eking out a win uh, and surprisingly, St. Peter's of New Jersey, this team of 15 seed, beat number three Purdue, uh, 67 to 64, and they are the first, from my understanding, uh, 15 seed to make it to the Elite Eight. Uh, shouts out to uh, their head coach, uh, black uh, black head coach, uh, doing some phenomenal things with this program uh, in uh, New Jersey. Uh, in the MAC, and uh, just uh, uh, un- incredible, incredible, and uh, uh, they they beat Purdue, and they're going to advance again. Of course, going on to play, uh, they're they're going to advance and play on Sunday against uh, North Carolina, who uh, won on yesterday uh, against uh, UCLA. 
That's right, they beat UCLA and Johnny Jujang. <laughs> Johnny Jujang. I like that name there. Yeah, and that was an interesting game as well. North Carolina uh, upset uh, number four UCLA, and they are moving on to play on Sunday against St. Peter's. And and so Sunday slate of games, or Saturday slate of games, I should say. Let's start there. Saturday slate of games are as follows: Houston versus Villanova, Arkansas versus Duke, and then on Sunday uh, ends out uh, 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 University of Miami versus Kansas and St. Peter's versus North Carolina. So uh, this weekend will determine who's going to make it to the Final Four uh, and who's going to be playing. Uh, ultimately in the national championship uh, game that's coming up. So this is the breakdown of March Madness. So uh, the madness is continuing on. I uh, just wanted to give you guys a quick update. So I still have a bracket that's uh, that's still out there. Uh, Kansas is the champion uh, on that bracket. I, on, the, on my other two, uh, one was Michigan State who lost uh, in the first weekend, unfortunately, uh, to Duke. And then the, uh, the other one was Illinois. I really believe that Illinois had a shot at winning the championship, but uh, they um, obviously fell short. So just wanted to give you guys a quick update there. You know I'm a sports fan. Got to give my, my listeners an update on where we are with March Madness. So go, uh, go Spartans, go uh, March Madness, and let's move on to uh, the next round of Elite Eight uh, basketball teams. But of course, today we're continuing our Woman of Influence series with a very influential woman. Uh, she is a uh, newly elected uh, member of the Board of Trustees back in 2019. And she's also an attorney and who has a thriving private practice in Muskegon. And her name is Attorney Brianna Scott. And we're so very happy that she is this week's uh, woman of influence on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Shouts out to her. We had a tremendous interview that I can't wait to share. We talked about a number of issues in including her story career, uh, as well as her uh, her new venture uh, as a uh, MSU Board of Trustee. Uh, we geeked out a little bit about the Spartans and uh, our love uh, for uh, Michigan State in, the, in, uh, in, in one segment of her interview. So I can't wait to share that with you. And then, of course, we ended talking about uh, the historic confirmation hearings that are going on uh, with Supreme Court Justice nominee uh, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson and um, and so I mean this is going to be an interview guys you do not want to miss again shouts out to attorney Brianna Scott for uh, being uh, this week's uh, woman of influence on the Thinking Out Loud radio show and as a part of uh, the interview as well as um, uh, uh we decided to include it as this week's thought of the week. There was a very powerful, powerful speech that was given by uh, Senator Cory Booker uh, as he, uh, during the confirmation hearings for Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, spoke directly to her, giving her words of inspiration and encouragement uh, as she aspires to be the first African American African American woman Supreme Court Justice of these United States. His words were so encouraging and empowering and moving that we decided to make them this week's thought 
of the week, guys. We share a, a clip of that during our interview with um, attorney Brianna Scott, but we were moved, so moved by those words that we were going to give you the entire remarks uh, during this week's thought of the week. And so I can't wait to share that with you uh, at the end of this week's show. And let me tell you guys, if you have enjoyed this month's uh, Women of Influence series uh, with all of our guests from attorney Marilyn Mosby to Teresa Lundy and then uh, Renee Antoinette and now uh, attorney Brianna Scott, you are going to absolutely love uh, the closing uh, episode of this Women of Influence series on next week. Guys, it is going to be absolutely bananas. We've got... Uh, three creatives and influencers uh, that are going to be with us. Uh, Ty Scott King, who is a returning guest on our show, rapper, uh, spoken word artist, and so much more. Uh, 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 Cherie, who is another influencer and creative, and just uh, and Danny, who is also a fashion designer uh, and creative. Uh, guys, this show is going to be off the hook. We're calling it the celebration of her story. The celebration of her story not the celebration of history but the celebration of her story you don't want to miss next week's show uh, it's going to be off the chain let me tell you so remember uh, to tune in next week uh, to the celebration of her story with Ty Scott King Cherie and Just Danny so needless to say, guys, we have got a great show in store for you. Remember to follow us on all social media, on Instagram, at Twitter, at TOL Radio Host MSN and the TOL Radio Show. And of course, on our Facebook fan page at Facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud HQ forward slash Thinking Out Loud HQ. Check us out. Remember to like, rate and review and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web and also remember to stop by our website michaelnimmons.com check us out guys and you can listen to our over 200 episodes of the thinking out loud radio show uh, and much much more so check out michaelnimmons.com and i guarantee you will be blessed well, guys, we're getting ready to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to jump right into my interview with this distinguished MSU Board of Trustee and alum of Michigan State University and this week's Woman of Influence, Attorney Brianna Scott. You don't want to go anywhere. You tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Maya Nimmons, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast, and now available on the Detroit Praise Network website. You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Author and activist, Brina Clark. We have a very long history of uh, prominent women, uh, courageous women, raising their voices to speak. Thinking out loud. Uh, to talk about the circumstances of African-Americans, of black people in this country. Uh, people like Anna Julia Cooper, who I've mentioned, Mary McLeod Bethune, many, many other women, Dorothy Height. 
uh, certainly Michelle Obama, a contemporary woman, and Stacey Abrams, also a contemporary woman. But many times our voices have been ignored. They've been disrespected. We've been talked over, and I think that's particularly true, as you'll remember, in the vice presidential debate, so much so that Vice President Harris had to insist, I'm speaking now. The, the interesting thing is, and we've been asked whether we took our title from that, we did not. We actually had been discussing that title prior to that, so we were very excited when she also said that. Because that's another way to interpret this. To say to those out here, don't speak for me and don't speak over me because I am speaking now. Join us each week as we celebrate Women's History Month here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Black to the bone, to the core, to the root. I am to America a very strange fruit, born from a tree nearly wilted from its traps into a world content with racial labeling and criminal profiles. I search for truths that have been withheld from books produced to tell history. And it's a mystery how they miss me or people like me when our backs were broken from building this country and our hands were calloused from sowing seeds upon which men and women would bleed and still not be freed for another 300 years. I believe some mothers still cry those slaves' tears because fear and anger run deep and get passed down through generations like heirlooms. And in the heirlooms, the stench of discrimination as this nation falls deeper into complacency, denying black beauty and black pride. Black lives really do matter. Here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new MichaelNimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new MichaelNimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking working experience. What is up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Lex Devine, in the building, kicking it with yours truly, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. All right, y'all, stay tuned. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. All right, guys, we are back on a phenomenal edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, and we have a phenomenal woman with us, this week's uh, woman of influence for uh, this uh, Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, and we're very excited 
to have her with us. But before we jump into our interview, we always want to give our guest a proper introduction. Uh, so let's jump into that. She was elected to the Michigan State University Board of Trustees, Go Spartans, for an eight-year term that began January 1st, 2019. Uh, she was hired the first African-American assistant prosecutor in Muskegon County. During her final year in the prosecutor's office, she worked on felony criminal sexual conduct and neglect and abuse cases. And she later worked in a law firm where she represented municipalities and practiced real property and corporate law, while also serving as a contract attorney for abuse and neglected cases in Muskegon County. In 2005, uh, she founded the first minority African-American and female law firm in Muskegon and now employs a full-time staff of five. And she serves as a legal counsel for the International Churches of God in Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I want you to give a warm, thinking out loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show and this week's woman of influence, attorney, Brianna Scott. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Absolutely. So I want to uh, give Attorney Scott an opportunity to tell us more about herself. Her, her bio obviously was very impressive, and I don't want to slight her one bit, but I want to give her an opportunity to fully introduce herself to our audience. So, uh, Attorney Scott, tell us more about yourself. Thank you so much. Um, I was born and raised in Muskegon, Michigan. I graduated from high school here, um, the reigning state football champs, Mona Shores High School. Um, <laughs> went to Michigan State, um, was an Eli Bro BA marketing major. Um, from Michigan State, where, you know, I hated to leave, but had to, I decided to go to law school. So I ended up going over to Detroit and attended Wayne State Law School, had that opportunity while in law school to um, really just, you know, kind of explore all aspects of the law, because you don't go in with a set mind or a set agenda as far as your classes are concerned. Wasn't really sure what kind of law I wanted to do, thinking I wanted to go into entertainment law but really excelled in things like moot court and um, anything where I was able to advocate orally in court settings. So I determined after doing really well in those classes and in with some urging from professors, you know, that I was going to be a litigator of some sorts. Um, ended coming back to um, Muskegon, Michigan after I graduated from law school to be the first uh, person of color, um, first black in first minority period um, to work in Muskegon County Prosecutor's Office, which was very different because I was one and only. Um, uh, Miss Muskegon, if those of you are there and aware, has a very um, large population. I would say around at that time, we probably had 16% Black people in the community, but overwhelmingly in the criminal justice system, we were there in large numbers. So it was really a huge deal for me to go back into Muskegon County as a prosecutor because no one saw people that looked like me um, that were prosecuting all of the criminal cases. And so I really um, enjoyed having the opportunity to do that. Um, worked in that office. I worked my way up from doing district court and misdemeanor work all the way into um, working up in the upstairs circuit courts doing felony work. 
Um, and during my time period, learned a lot about how to try cases. And so I think I really honed my skills as a litigator in that process, but did decide after not too long, um, about three years, I, I decided I didn't want to continue um, just doing criminal law. I wanted to expand a little bit and decided to go into private practice where I went to a law firm, worked there for a few years, and then decided that I wanted to have more autonomy and more control over my destiny, be able to help those that I wanted to help. Um, and have more influence in the community. I felt that I could do that if I didn't have anyone that I had to answer to per se. And so I started my own law firm in 2005. Um, at that time, it was pretty scary. You go from having a, a paycheck that you can depend on to having people depending on you and knowing you know, that you are gonna live and die by you know, how much time and work you put in. Um, but I have succeeded you know, by the grace of God. I've been able to just continue to grow my law firm um, we practice as a general practice, um, primarily areas of law that are criminal defense, family law. Um, I do a lot of real property and business litigation. In addition to that, however, we do have some specialties like estate planning as well. Um, I have the opportunity to do one of my babies, which is social security disability cases where I get to help those that are disabled fight for their benefits. So our practice is really broad. It gives me the opportunity, though, to travel. Um, we work in about five to six counties, Muskegon, Ottawa, Oceana, Nuevo, Kent County. Um, and sometimes I go over to Berrien. Sometimes I may go over to Kalamazoo and Mason County. Um, so those, those opportunities afford me the ability to meet attorneys and judges from all over. So I really, really enjoy, you know, having a private practice, being able to do the work in the community that I do. Um, and really being able to help a lot of nonprofits, help churches, help people that I've grown up with here in, in my community and, you know, be able to see that what I'm doing is really making a difference. Um, but we'll segue into me deciding, I don't know, I got this grandiose idea in 2018 that everything that was going on at MSU was quite disturbing. And rather than complaining about it and talking about what they should and should not have done and how, you know, things could have been done differently. I decided at that time that I should put up or shut up. And so I decided to run for the MSU Board of Trustees. Um, this little black girl from West Michigan was told there's no way that you're going to win. It was like around 20, 25 people running initially. And I was told, you know, you are a political unknown from West Michigan. Get a grip. Like all the political power is in Lansing and East. Um, and so I was told there was just no way that um, I would be able to succeed. Um, however, I had the, um, you know, backing of my family. Um, I had a lot of close friends that basically encouraged me to go for it. And more than anything, I had God who I felt put it in my spirit that I could do anything I put my mind to and that he had me. Um, and so I went ahead, put my 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 name in the hat, if you will, and and took over, you know, this whole process as a, a fledgling with a fledgling campaign committee where we knew nothing about political, um, you know, how to have a, a political um, campaign and what to do and what not to do, really. Um, but we somehow did it. And, you know, God blessed me. I was able to get the Democratic nomination. Um, and from there, I was the top vote getter out of all of the um, state boards, which are Wayne State, University of Michigan, Michigan State. There were um, also, um, you know, candidates that were running in those races, but out of all of them, I was the top vote getter for any of the university boards. So that black girl from Muskegon, Michigan, the political unknown that people told did not have a chance um, that was never going to be able to win 
won and I won handedly. And I just thank God for that. And so I have been um, on the board of trustees since 2019. January 2019 is when I was sworn in at the same swearing in ceremony as our governor, Gretchen Gretchen Whitmer, as long as um, I can say um, I feel that I saw all of these people, you know, as I campaigned and got to know them. I think it's been great that I, you know, got to see her, get to know her. Um, our AG attorney, Dana Nessel, on the campaign trail, our secretary of state, Jocelyn Benson. So I really got to um, create some really great relationships that I have to this day with some really dynamic women here in the state of Michigan. Um, And I think as I have um, engaged in my role as a trustee, I think I've been able to make some really incredible changes, first of which was getting rid of John Engler and getting a new president. And from there, we just continued to plow through and create a whole new administration um, so that we could clean up things and change the culture at MSU so that MSU can be something that we are all proud of in a place where other parents will want to send their students. And so one of the things I didn't add is I did get pregnant when I was at MSU. So I was having a lot of fun there, maybe too much. Um, I got pregnant. I was going to leave MSU. And um, it, if it weren't for my professors, my sorority sisters, I pledged Delta Sigma Theta while I was at MSU and I was our chapter president. Um, my boss at the Eli Bro Business College Library, people who encouraged me not to go home because when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to have to go home. There's no way I can stay on campus and, and you know, get an education, raise a child. There, there, there just was no way I thought I could do it, but they all encouraged me and helped me. And so that's why I ran for MSU trustee because I would not be here today if it weren't for all of those people at MSU and that beautiful Spartan community that just wrapped me in their arms pushed me and kept me, you know, and made sure that I graduated and I did well. And, you know, also just pushed me to go on to law school and go after my dreams. So, you know, like I said, I'm a Spartan true and through, um, and I love MSU for those reasons. It's really been a great opportunity. And I'm honored that the, that the constituents in the state of Michigan chose me to serve. Wow. That is a awesome, awesome story, guys. I know you're enjoying my interview with this phenomenal, phenomenal woman, heavy hitter, I tell you. Uh, we're so very happy to have attorney Brianna Scott with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And as I was listening to uh, you you tell your story, you know, there were a number of firsts that you mentioned. And, uh, and one of them that stood out was the first African-American prosecutor for the, uh, for the city of Muskegon. I want to know, from you, what was it like, you know, uh, making history in that manner? Well, I'll tell you, um, and it was for the county of Muskegon. Actually. The county of Muskegon. I'm let sorry. Hey, no problem. Um, but let me tell you, there's so much weight when you are a first, right? Mm-hmm. I think as I've been watching, um, you know, the well, I don't even. We'll talk about that later. Yes, we will. So, but whenever you're the first, right? It there's so much weight. There's so much pressure, and and also in the peanut gallery, there are many that want to see you fail, or right. many that don't like the fact that you're the first. They don't think that you deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of proving yourself, but there's also a lot of um, the incredible and immense desire to serve your your race well, to represent well who we are as a people, and to make sure that I did everything right 
because I felt like I was being placed in this position where people would see me. And if I faltered, you know, it was going to have some kind of negative impact on others. And so you, you have all of these pressures to, to do and be the best that you can be. And that's really, um, if you will, the, the weight that I was carrying the entire time I was in the prosecutor's office, because there was no one that looked like me. Mm. Even when you talk about the bar itself, there was no one that looked like me. There were no other African-American attorneys in the courtrooms that were doing criminal law. There were two um, African-American men at the time. They were older gentlemen that were attorneys in Muskegon County, but they didn't do any criminal work. They were both on the civil side and personal injury law. So I really was kind of in this whole environment by myself. Um, And that can be intimidating for some or as I feel that my life prepared me for, it helped me to, to, to learn how to, you know, be able to go into different avenues and be around different people and learn people and learn, you know, how, you know, you, you behave in certain circles. And I, I feel that I just grew so much because I was like a sponge trying to learn from everybody, whether it was the judges or other defense attorneys or other prosecutors. And just trying to represent well the state of Michigan, who I was responsible for representing um, victims who are the people of the state of Michigan, but also as, you know, a prosecutor making sure that we are being fair with people of color that were on the other side of that V, that were defendants in those cases, that they're being dealt with fairly and really monitoring how things were being done to make sure there wasn't discrimination and how we were giving plea offers to certain people or not, um, and that we were pushing for sentencings that were not based on race or, you know, economic background or what have you. So it also allowed me that opportunity to be in a place where I could also have a checks, you know, on the systems that were in place to make sure that we were being dealt with. And when I say we, it's not just Black people, it's Hispanic people as well. Any minorities that were being dealt a fair hand when, when they come into the court of justice, that they are not being treated unfairly. Right, right. And 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 that's so very important. And the reason one of the reasons I mentioned that is because, you know, in this 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 woman of influence series that we have been, you know, running this uh, this the month of March, we have had the opportunity to interview some very influential women, including the first uh, African-American woman state's attorney for Baltimore City. Marilyn Mosby, attorney Marilyn, Marilyn Mosby. And you remember her, uh, mm-hmm. she was the attorney back in 2015 that brought the charges against those six officers that uh, were that murdered uh, Freddie Gray. Uh, mm-hmm. And even though uh, she was not successful in, in a conviction uh, during that interview, she expressed that. Uh, and I agree that, uh, you know, her standing up and 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 speaking out about the wrongs in the criminal justice system and and putting those officers on blast the way she did. Uh, I think it set a ripple. It sent a ripple effect uh, throughout the criminal justice system and began uh, the, the conversation about reform uh, that we're having right now. And even though we haven't experienced it yet and it had we haven't gotten to the mountaintop, so to speak, um, that conversation began and uh, we're starting to see uh, some things happening in the, uh, in the courts, you know, particularly with George Floyd and with uh, Ahmaud Arbery and others, uh, individuals who were 
accosted by the police and their lives were taken. So, um, you know, the first, I agree, it's a lot of pressure. And mm-hmm. she did mention that uh, being the first comes with a lot of uh, a lot of pressure, a lot of criticism, uh, a lot of weight that you carry. But uh, I think both of you are both you and uh, Attorney Mosley uh, definitely wear that weight well. Oh, thank you. That is so kind. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know you guys are enjoying my interview with this week's woman of influence, uh, attorney Brianna Scott. So happy to have her with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. An- another first uh, in your bio is uh, you uh, uh, founded the first African-American and female law firm in Muskegon. I want you to talk about, you know, what led you to making that kind of decision and and uh it's it's groundbreaking obviously uh but but what really brought you to the point of making a decision like that uh in 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 making the first or founding the first african-american female law firm so for me um it really came out of a desire to as i stated earlier have more autonomy with um my practice and what I was going to do, the people that I would serve and, and, and having the ability as well to be more of a mentor um, to others. So there weren't a whole lot of people that I could mentor that were people of color at that time, um, unfortunately. But man, did it make a difference for me to have the first law office that was, you know, a women owned and a minority owned law firm. That was something that provided so much pride to other minority women in my county. I mean, I can't tell you how many people thought so much about the fact that these kind of things that I did early on were impossible. And I feel like by me doing this, even as rough and as tough as it was, it inspired others that, man, if Brianna can do that, I can do this too. And when you are the, you know, the only minority law firm in a community with a lot of minorities, as you can only imagine, you you start to get a lot of people coming through your door because often people feel most comfortable when they can look at someone who may have a like experience than them, who looks like them, um, be that, you know, whether it's wrong or it's right, that perception that you can understand who I am. You can understand where I come from, what I'm talking about. Um, And the fact that as minorities, we are so sensitive with one another about the plights, the things that we go through, our our Black men and our Black women, especially when you're talking about the criminal justice system, um, you know, the driving while Black. And some of the things that I was seeing very early in my career When people would come to me, I was very understanding and empathetic, but I also could identify with it. And I could think of the own scenarios of people in my family or friends of mine or, you know, my own child, people that, you know, had similar stories of of things that they've encountered. And that's very important for people to be able to have that when they are seeking, you know, to have an attorney or someone that's going to be providing them a service that, you know, that they can feel that that person will not judge them and that this person will not look at them in a certain way where they won't maybe get the best out of that person's services because of who they are. But you come into somebody that you know is going to respect you and is going to fight for you because they understand the things that you're talking about. That's important. 
And I think it's also important from the perspective of the um, other Black women that have come after me. So we've had, since my time, I'm thinking only about three other Black women. Every single one of them, when they started off in Muskegon, they came knocking at my door. Some of them didn't make it. Some of them didn't stay in Muskegon. Some have come and gone since then. But we've got three that three of us that are currently um, attorneys, myself, and then there's two other African-American women that practice. And one of them doesn't even practice. So really, it's just myself and one other. Um, nope, it's two other. Two other African-American women. But they've all come to me for mentorship. They've all come to me to talk to me, to get my thoughts on the county. You know, what is the culture here? How, how do I do certain things? What do you think about certain judges? Um, and that, to me, is probably one of the most rewarding things that I can do is to help other people get on their feet and see them succeed. Mm-hmm. And then to have the opportunity to hire, you know, my, my first um, African-American female assistant that I was able to hire her about three years ago. I think she's been with me now. That was awesome because my whole thing to her is, hey, I don't plan on doing this for much longer. I don't plan on, you know, having gray hair and a walking cane mm-hmm. going to court. What I'd like to do is to pass this firm off to someone else, another minority woman that will take it and go even further than I did with this, because I want us to still have this this practice in the city because it's been so important to so many. I mean, I can't tell you I've done work for almost every church, (laughs) black church in my community. I, you know, there are really no Hispanic or Latinx attorneys in Muskegon. I have a large amount of Hispanic clients. You know, they see me as another minority. I don't speak the language, but they bear with me and we work through things. You know, it's just rewarding to me that people feel like, you know, you're somebody that we can trust. We know you're going to do the, do right by us. And, and so I've enjoyed it. It's been great. And, I, you know, I wouldn't change anything for, for anything in the world. Was it easy? No, but it certainly was worth it. Wow. That is awesome. That is awesome. You know, <clears throat> just, just listening to you share, uh, uh, about that uh, experience and 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 all that you are doing with your firm in Muskegon, uh, I I just uh, you know I'm really thinking about the impact that I'm sure your your firm is making there, uh, and and the fact that you are willing to you're, you 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 see past yourself to uh, other younger women who you could actually mentor and even pass your firm or uh, your firm's legacy to uh, is, is amazing. You don't find too many people that are willing to, to do that. You know, they, you know, I built this and this is mine and, 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 you know, and I'm going to, you know, it's going to die with me and, you know, but, but, but you have the vision to see beyond uh, your, your, yourself. And that's what makes, uh, I think that's what makes, what you're doing bigger than you. Uh, and that's what we should be about making whatever impact we, we do uh, or whatever we do bigger than us. And I think that's what makes a bigger footprint uh, in, in, uh, in the legacy uh, that, that we ultimately leave, uh, you know, and leave behind. To, to whom much is given, much is required. And God does not bless us to hoard, right? Mm. He doesn't give us even the minds that he gives us and the abilities and the talents and all of these things. You hear about the parable of talents in the Bible. 
it's not just to keep it to yourself. No. That's not what he gives it to us no. for. He gives it to us to bless other people, to use it for his kingdom purposes, to use it in ways that we can help other people to achieve their goals, to, to walk in their will or his will for their lives. And, you know, I feel that it would be very selfish of me because I certainly didn't get to where I am by myself. Like I told you, you know, I wouldn't even be here if it weren't for a whole bunch of people at MSU. But I can tell you about that every step of my life's journey. It's not been the Brianna show. <laughs> Brianna's had lots of help in, in various aspects of my life, even from getting that job in the prosecutor's office. There were a lot of people that fought for a black person, period, to work in there. It was a huge thing in our community that for so long, all the prosecutors were white, but yet they were prosecuting a lot of people of color. And, and so the community fought and fought and fought that you need to hire a person of color. And so, you know, if it weren't for those people and all of the pressure that they applied at that time, who knows if I would have gotten that job, you know, right. and then my story would have been different. And then when I started off my firm, that was rough. I had a lot of people that helped me along the way, you know, to build it up. And, and I relied on a lot of people to get to where I am. So, who would I be to like all of a sudden, like now that I got here to just kind of like, well, you go get yours. I had to get mine. I had to get mine. Right. And I feel like if I were that person, God would strip it pretty quickly from me because that's that's not, you know, what he wants from us. So I, I, I think that is that's that is a, a great point that you made there. Guys, I know you are enjoying my interview with this week's woman of influence, attorney Brianna Scott. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're going to we're getting ready to take. Our first break, when we come back, we're jumping right back into my interview with this powerful woman of purpose, um, attorney Brianna Scott. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. State's Attorney, Marilyn Mosby. As a black woman, you know, in the Supreme Court, right? Like this is this is long overdue. Thinking out loud. And it will be similar, that same sort of spark for every black woman and every girl across the nation. There's symbolism in the importance of having the first African-American woman in the Supreme Court. It's reassuring that President Biden has recognized that black women have carried the Democratic Party on our backs nationally and locally for decades. And and, and our work and our passion in in many ways built the seats at the table. Let, Let me be very clear about that, right? But more importantly, some of the most qualified candidates we have ever had are eligible for this this nomination and they are black women when we talk about you know michelle childs and leandra kruger and katanji brown jackson they have like these stellar resumes incredible experience and are the ideal fit for a job like join us each week as we celebrate women's history month right here on the thinking out loud radio show Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, 
Radio.com and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Minnesota to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back and I'm interviewing our good friend of Michigan State Board of Trustee and Attorney Brianna Scott. She is with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And in the first segment, you know, she was sharing with us uh, about her career as an attorney and, you know, uh, introducing herself uh, to us. Uh, and uh, again, I told you guys, she's a heavy hitter. Uh, her, her, the, the bio, the introduction that we gave was just a snapshot of, of the things that she has done and is doing in Muskegon. But in this segment, I'm calling it the, the bleed green and white segment because, you know, uh, us as Spartans, we are used to getting a lot of hate, uh, hatred and shade, uh, especially in the, in, in the state of Michigan, you know, from that school up the street. Uh, I'm not going to even mention them, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm definitely honored to have uh, not just a Spartan alum with us, but she is a Michigan State Board of Trustee with us <laughs> on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And so the first question I want to ask, uh, I want you to share with our listeners why uh, Michigan State uh, is such an important institution to you. Why do you love and appreciate Michigan State? So, um, you know, I kind of alluded to it a little bit in my introduction and in my background, but um, I followed my oldest sister to MSU. She's uh, six, a little over six years older than I, and uh, I would go visit her. She actually was a RA, which is a resident assistant, in the Yakely Gilcrest dorms, which are some very old historical oh, yeah, dorms. Yeah, all girls and, dorms. Oh yeah. And so I went to visit her and I just loved it. I was young, you know, um, and she graduated. And, you know, as I was applying for schools, I had gotten into Michigan. I went and saw Michigan's campus, hated it. Absolutely hated it. Michigan State, I love the campus. You know, it was just something about it. It's just different. 
you know? It's beautiful. Um, and then it's just gorgeous. And right. it's more of a community to me, the community right. feel. Yes. It almost feels like a city within, within itself. Within a city. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I loved it. And then I, you know, I knew people that were already there. So I was like, I'm going to go to MSU, you know, got there coming from an historically and predominantly white high school. Um, I didn't have the opportunity to have a lot of people that look like me in my graduating class. There were probably no more than five minorities period um, in a class of over 230. So um, for me, when I, to get on campus and all of a sudden I'm seeing all these black people from everywhere. It was exciting. Cause I was right. like, Oh my gosh, I've never got to be in a class with people that look like me. I've never had a professor. And you know, so I just, I went crazy, <laughs> loved it. And, you know, it was just such an awesome experience, you know, and I'll, I'll fast forward a little bit. I'd already said in my opening, you know, I ended up getting pregnant at the age of 20, which I would not recommend. Um, to people, but I, I had my son um, while I was at MSU and just had a contingent of people that just loved me and supported me, babysat for me, did everything. My sorority sisters threw, you know, baby showers for me. I didn't have to buy anything for my son when he was born. Um, and I just feel that I owe a lot to MSU because I, I know that my plan had been and I'd already gone around to tell everybody that I was going to leave. And I was leaving that semester. And so, but for the grace of God, I had people that um, convinced me to stay. And that sense of belonging, that sense of um, community that you get when you are a Spartan, it's just something about us. It, um, MSU, we are not uppity. We are like the down to earth, cool, chill people that, you know, basically just are you know, the kind of people that you want to, you know, invite home to your parents, like just welcoming, loving, we push each other. It's not competition like me trying to make sure you don't get your notes so I can get the higher grade in class. It's not like that. And it's just beautiful. And that experience, I would encourage anybody that is not yet made a decision to really look into MSU for those reasons. Um, I say the campus is probably one of the most beautiful campuses that I've ever seen. And I've been on a lot of college campuses. And um, in my opinion, Michigan State being a land grant and not being that school that's only just for, you know, the top students from a high school. But we're that school for any and everybody that is a good student, regardless of your financial background, um, to come. Because as a land grant, our mission is to provide that economic vehicle for the state of Michigan to be able to bring students in from all walks of life. And and Michigan State prides itself on the diversity of the the first, uh, you know, incoming freshman classes that we have that other schools can't talk about. They really can't because their numbers are pretty dismal. That that beauty of the diversity on the campus where you can walk around in the International Center and see people from all over, all walks of life, all cultures, religions, ethnicities, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, Michigan State provides you with a, a knockout education. I can't say 
that at all times I did everything that I was, you know, taught to do because, you know, I was a child when I got there. I was 17 years old, but I'm telling you, I had a great education. I had great TAs. I had great professors, people that before internet were like, when I got pregnant, we will bring you your homework or we'll put it together and have somebody come pick it up. Call us if you need help. Like this is before the internet. Right, Um, right, You know, people before FMLA, we're going to hold your job for you, Brianna, for six, you know, the six weeks you're going to be out because we know you need this job. They didn't have to do that. They could have just fired me. I was on a work study. You know, who am I? They could have fired me, but they were like, nope, we're going to keep your job for you. So you've got this job when you, you know, come back. I mean, just awesome. And then at the end of it, you know, you, you graduate with all of these people that I have lifelong relationships with. You know, I thought in high school, oh, I'm going to just continue these relationships. I thought high school was so important, you know, while I was there. But man, your college classmates, those are the people you typically, in in my experiences and when I talk to other people, those relationships are for life and they are really deep. I mean, because you're growing into an adult. The experiences that you go through in college, you know, the freedoms that you have that you don't have in high school to actually really do things Man, the memories, like I can talk about the icebreakers and all of the just awesome times that I had. And then I pledged a sorority, which was one of the highlights of my college career. Um, The best sorority in the world, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. So it was just, man, my time at MSU, if I could go back, because I often say I would never want to go back in time. But if I went back in time, it would be back to my college days, because those were some of the best some of the hardest. Right. I don't ever want to go back to college and, right. and take classes all over again. But also some of the most rewarding and the best times of my life. And I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. I think if I had an opportunity to go back, it would be to go back to Michigan State and uh, and just relive some of those college experiences that I had. Uh, there because you know before you go to college they always say that college is a academic experience you know that's what they you know they primarily say uh, claim it to be but for me I I thought it was more of a social experience yes it was academic but that's where people that's where most of us go to really find ourselves we we really find out who we are and uh, and and uh, it was um, you know I remember that Back when I was there, when you the first week at uh, on campus was welcome week. And that was before. I mean, they well, they, they've since gotten rid of welcome week. But uh, welcome week was an entire week where you were just basically orientated into campus life. And yes. those those days, those nights were long. It seemed like everything ran together because we didn't sleep. We stayed up, played cards. That's the, that's where I learned how to play spades, uh, eat Domino's pizza and Pepsi <laughs> every night. <laughs> what about BW3s? Did you do that? Uh, we, we went to BW3s, that was BW3s on Grand River. We did that. <laughs> that was the spot right We did BW3s. And, and uh, oh I remember because Kate and Case Hall was right across the street from uh, the the football dorm, so I knew a lot of the football players there, and I still know a few of them as well. But everything you said, you know, Michigan State was def- was definitely that I felt that community 
uh, there and I felt the diversity and I felt all of that. And I shared with you off air about a story I want to share on air uh, about uh, Michigan State and the Board of Trustees, because you are a Michigan State Board of Trustee. Uh, One thing that uh, I was able to do when I graduated from Michigan State was uh, I was the class speaker for my graduating class uh, at the uh, Breslin Student Event Center. I graduated back in December of uh, 1998 uh, at the Breslin Student Event Center. And, uh, you know, for those that are watching, those that are listening, there is a uh, audition process you have to go through uh, to be selected to be the class speaker for uh, your commencement ceremony. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I want to do something to really stand out and make this graduation special. And um, and and so I I went, I, I auditioned. The, the title of my speech was Write the Vision and Make It Plain. And uh, I was very excited when I got the uh, the letter in the mail that I was selected to be the morning speaker, uh, morning class speaker for uh, my graduating class uh, at the Breslin Student Events Center. I invited, of course, my parents, my pastor, uh, uh, some other uh, family members and friends there. They were in a suite in the Breslin Student Events Center. And I was sitting right next to the chairman of the Michigan Board of Trustees uh, for that ceremony as the class speaker. Uh, and uh, I gave my speech. And after I gave my speech, I got a standing ovation. And he, and he told me, this was his words. He said, in all of the, and I can't remember his name, uh, and forgive me, I can't remember the name of the chairman at the time, but he told me that out of all of the uh, graduation ceremonies that he had been to as a, a, a board of trust, a member of the board of trustees, I was the only student to ever get a standing ovation after I spoke. And That's amazing. Yes. Did you, did you give Habakkuk big ups? Habakkuk in the Bible? Because isn't that right? The vision. Y- yes, I did. Absolutely. <laughs> that was, that's how I, that's how I, I certainly did because um, I, I, I included that in there because at the time our pastor, uh, Bishop Charles Ellis, Greater Grace Temple, okay. we were in the process of uh, building a new uh, facility, which we are now in. Uh, on Shawasi and Schaefer, uh, Shawasi and Seven Mile, and that was uh, his uh, his motto: write the vision okay. and make it plain. And uh, I I thought about it and I said, you know what? I want to. I think I want to um, uh, write the speech about that and write the speech a- around that. So I included that in there. Uh, there is a clip on uh, our Thinking Out Loud uh, TV YouTube channel that you can check out. But that was definitely an experience that I will never forget uh, as a student at Michigan State University. And again, as a member of the Board of Trustees, from what I understand uh, is that that speech is now in the archives of Mm -hmm. Michigan State. So it is a part of MSU history, you know, so that that is something that uh, just really it gave me chills when I found that out afterwards that, you know, not only did I speak there 
but that the speech I wrote is now in MSU archives and will be there for as long as the institution uh, exists. That's awesome. And congratulations to you. And you're right. They, I mean, they archive everything. So pictures of you are probably somewhere in the archives as well as that speech. So that is, that's very awesome. Well, thank you very much. I I have a picture of, I have pictures that the photographer sent, uh, sent me uh, from that occasion. Uh, I even have a picture that uh, at the time was president M. Peter McPherson, who was the, the president of the university. He, he had uh, signed and autographed a picture of uh, of uh, a picture him and I took together. And I have that. So it was definitely a special occasion, obviously, uh, not just a graduation, but one that I wanted to make. Uh, I felt like an indelible impression uh, mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, the the the, the my, my my time at Michigan State University. So I thought I would share that with you because you are a member of the board of trustees and you as a member of of the board of trustees also attend the commencement ceremonies for the university as well. Am I correct? That is correct. And, and, you know, I, I take that very seriously. Absolutely. It's an honor to, to do that. And the conferral of degrees is one of the responsibilities of the board of trustees. So I, feel like that, you know, was one of the reasons I was elected. And um, I have attended, starting in 2019, I want to say I probably attended about 10 commencements. Um, 2020, they were virtual. Last year, I attended maybe five or six, and I'll be attending about three or four. Um, I've spoken at quite a few of the ones that I have attended. I always, as I stated, consider it an honor and you are correct. I mean, that is a complete um, honor and it is it is very competitive as well to get the opportunity to be the speaker for your class at commencement. So, I mean, you 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 went against a lot of other speakers to do that. And so you are to be congratulated on that. I, I would fathom to say as as James Madison major, you're very eloquent in your speech. Um, And I shouldn't be surprised if somebody from James Madison won um, that opportunity. But yeah, I'm sure that your parents had to have been godly proud of you too. So that's just awesome. They were, they were. And it's definitely one that uh, I will never, ever forget. Um, And uh, I thought about when, when I, you know, when when I first when when you said that you were going to uh, do the interview, that was the first thing that came to mind. I said, oh, I got to share this experience with her because, you know, um, I know as one of uh, the, the duties and responsibilities of you as a board of trustee of the university, you attend these graduation ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you being, first of all, a graduate yourself. On that was on one side of the rope, and now being a trustee, you're on the other side, and uh, you can see from both sides uh, the you know the perspective of students as well as uh, proud uh, you know uh, proud adults, those individuals who have um, completed their uh, educational uh, degrees and careers at Michigan State University. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so many distinguished people that have done that. You know, we could talk all day about our distinguished alumni. It is. Yes. It's a beautiful um, thing to be a part, a part of the Black Spartan community. 
But to be an alumni period of Michigan State, you know, you you talk about our alumni. And I think I've heard that the Detroit Black alumni is the biggest alumni contingent of, of Black alumni in the country. And they're right in Detroit. You know, so it's just the beauty of Michigan is there's so many of us here and that camaraderie that we have, you know, when you come back for homecoming and the tailgating that you do, yes. and all of these things, it's just such a beautiful experience. Um, and it's just grown over the years. I don't know if you come back for that at homecoming, but I have, man, I have. it is, it is awesome to like see your classmates, people literally like you, most of us look the same for the <laughs> most part. So you're just kind of like, Oh my God, you know, when you see each other and it just takes you back. I remember when we ran from Brody you know, <laughs> after that party and, you know, we talk about showcase and all of the different right. things that we had back right, then. Right, 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 right. Just going down memory lane and you almost feel like you're a kid again when you see each other. You like sure you do. just remember dial a ride and all the crazy stuff, you know? Oh, yeah, so, <laughs> right, right, like, right. Yeah, it's awesome. Yes, it absolutely is. I've enjoyed going down memory lane with attorney Brianna Scott, who is a member of the Michigan State Board of Trustees and also this week's woman of influence right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I'm enjoying our conversation. And, you know, I want to find out from you uh, as a member of the Board of Trustees for this distinguished university, I want you to share with our listeners um, what are some other uh, things that you've done as a member of the Board of Trustees for Michigan State? Well, so we have so many responsibilities and right. you know, we'll be here all night. Um, but I will tell you from my purview, the things that I feel most proud about since I've been a trustee. So right. in general, trustees, we govern the university. So as, as far as a hierarchy, if you will, um, we are at the very top, right? right? And then you've got the president and then below him, you've got all your executives, your provost and all of your EVPs. Um, and so a lot of times people don't understand that. They feel like the president is up here and then here's the board of trustees. Uh-uh. So to make that point very clear, um, part of the problem that led to some of the issues that occurred with Larry Nasser, and, and that was one of the impetus for me to run, mm. was that that whole, um, you know, reporting system was just skewed. Right. So it really was the president at the top. And when the president felt like telling the board of trustees stuff, maybe she would and maybe, maybe she, she wouldn't. Would. Right. And so they were kind of just clueless. They didn't know what was going on a lot of the times. There really was no checks and balances. There was no real accountability. Um, so one of the things when I came to MSU was I was like, you know, and it wasn't just me, it was myself and trustee T-Bay. We were the two that came in at the same time. Number one, um, as Democrats, <laughs> we weren't happy with the leadership, you know, of putting John Engler in that position. We thought given his history and his background, that was just an ill thought out decision. Right. Um, and he did some great stuff and I'm, I'm, I will put it out there. He made some really important um, and strategic changes that to this day we have kept. But then there were some other things that he did that really were concerning. Um, and ultimately he just wasn't the right person at that time for this position. And so we went in, we took a vote, you know, and he was gone. And so 
we, you know, started immediately with what I think was probably one of the, the great things that was part of my first year, and that's getting a new president, because the president really sets the tone for the university. That is your face. Right. Because as trustees, we only meet. And when I say this, people are like, really? Um, we only meet as a board for our general open meetings six times a year. Okay. But that you can kind of laugh at that because it's really we meet way more than that. But okay. ultimately, what that tells you is we're not on campus all the time. Mm. You know, I live in Muskegon. I got a job. Most of the other trustees have jobs. We do have some that are retired. Um, but most of us, we have other things during the day to do. And so we can't be there. So it's so important to have that president that reflects the culture that we want on that campus that is going to do the things that we are entrusting him to do because he is the face, like I said. And so that was a really huge um, thing that I'm very proud of is us, um, you know, hiring president um, Sam Stanley. He's done a phenomenal job. Um, he has made a lot of changes. We have our first ever diversity, equity, and inclusion strategic plan for the university. Like it is 2022 and we're just now getting a DEI plan for the university. Crazy, right? Like you're right. shaking your head because you would think this would have happened years ago. Years ago. Um, you know, we now have a DEI officer, like a person who this is their job to handle all DEI on campus. We were able to hire a new police chief who is Marlon Lynch. You may know Marlon, um, an MSU alum, African-American man. Awesome. We have a provost, um, Teresa Woodruff, who came to us from Northwestern University. Dynamics, one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And so all of these new positions, I could go on and on and on and on, even with our athletic director hiring our first African-American athletic director. Yes. Holler. Yes. Like, you know, I could go on and on about all these changes. But each time it has a ripple effect. Right. Because that person. And the people that come under that person, they set the tone for their departments. And as we've done that, you start to see the culture changing. Right. And so I'm proud of like the changes that we've made. And when you come to the, our university, you're not just seeing new faces, but it's new attitudes. Right. And, and I love that. So I'm extremely proud of that. We also, um, as students, you know, I could probably ask you and you would say, yeah, that's true. As minority students, we've always wanted a multicultural center. University of Michigan's got one. Ohio State's got, I could go on and on through the Big Ten. They got them. Michigan State? No. Mm. I was like, that is my baby. While I'm here, we're going to have this before my term ends. So we got like five years, you guys, to get this done, or four years right. now, to get this done. Because this is something we've been asking for since I was a student. I graduated in 97. Mm. There is no place for the the um, students of color, faculty and staff of color to have their own, uh, their own center where they can come and share ideas and share their cultures. So we're going to do that now. We're going to have this standalone multicultural center that's going to be phenomenal. Wow. The other thing that's important to me is health and wellness. Mental health is so huge. And I think COVID has made it um, even more um, noticeable that um, it's something that's been ignored in communities all over. And the campus totally agree. is no different. You've got so much um, mental illness between, you know, if we're talking about depression all the way through PTSD with people that have dealt with certain traumas, 
You've got people that are dealing with anxieties. You've got just so many different things. And we didn't have the system in place at MSU to really deal with that. Mm. And um, especially with our student athletes, it's a huge issue um, with them as well. And so one of the things is we're trying to restructure our whole mental health system at MSU to really um, put more emphasis on it. And then we can get to things like the IM East and West that look just like they did when I was on campus. Who wants to go there and work out, right? The pool, you know, people used to dive off that really high diving board out there. You know, it's it's closed because it was leaking. The infrastructure is crumbling at MSU. Oh. So another big thing is that we need a health and wellness center. We need somewhere for students to go to blow off steam, to be able to work on their physical and mental health. That is wow. a beautiful facility right. that they'll want to go to, not one that looks like it was created in like the 1960s. Mm. And so there's just so many initiatives that are important to me, things that we're working on now. We're going to have a new health and wellness center. We're going to have a new multicultural center. You know, we have our DEI um, strategic plan that's going to be implemented not just on the student level, but I'm talking about with our tenure track faculty, with staff, we want to make sure we've got representation at all levels because it's important for students when they come on this campus, whether you are Hispanic, whether you are Black, you know, whether you are Asian American, that you see people that look like you in the classroom teaching. Those things have a direct impact on retention of students and people feeling included, you know, right. so there's just a lot of things we're working on. I, like I said, I could talk all night about these types of things um, because I'm so passionate about them. But, you know, that's why I ran. I didn't run. We don't get paid. So I certainly didn't run for money. Um, I didn't, you know, run for, you know, any other, you know, reasons. I guess people are like, well, you get tickets to sports. I, I didn't attend one home basketball games. So I didn't run to attend basketball games. Wow. I really ran because I want to make a difference. I want to just be a one-termer. So I'm like, we got to get it done because I don't plan on running again. Like, oh. I want to be out in 2027. Okay. So, you know, I'm just about trying to get these things done so that I can walk away and say, man, just like you with your speech, Multicultural Center, I was a part of that. Our Health and Wellness Center, I was a part of that. Our right. DEI plan, yes, I was part of creating that because these things are going to outlive me. And this outlive is how you create you. a legacy. That's right. So that's what I'm about. Wow. I can't, I, man, that is, that's, that's awesome. That is truly awesome. And I, and I hear, you know, is you are, you know, about making an impact. You're leaving an impression and an, an imprint and a footprint, wherever you, wherever you are, that I was here, that I mattered, that, that I, that I, I did something to make where I was better than when I, than, than when I started. And that's what we have to be about, uh, in, in all that we do. And man, I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in chills listening to all of the things that, that you are doing at Michigan state. I wish I was a student now <laughs> to be able to benefit from some of those things, because I can imagine, you know, having a multicultural center. And, and one, the one thing that, you know, I always was impressed by what Michigan State is. And I lived in Lansing. Um, uh, well, I worked in Lansing uh, a little while after uh, I graduated, after I got married and whatever, whatever. Um, I um, was working for the state out there and I would periodically go back uh, to campus. One thing that impressed me was uh, 
it always there was always some new developments going on. Also, you know, buildings were being built, you know, new athletic centers, you know, new, the new, the new, I think was a museum that was just, was built during the, uh, the bat, the, the movie Batman and Superman. That was uh, Superman versus Batman. I think it was, that was, that was being filmed right on, right on Michigan state's campus, you know, part, part of that. So there was a lot of things that, that just, it, you know, there were always new developments coming up at, at uh, on the campus that really just impressed me and let me know that that we were not allowing uh, our um, we, we, we weren't just, you know, resting on our laurels, so to speak. But we were continuing to be better and do things better. And that's what I appreciated about Michigan State. Of course, it's not a perfect university. There isn't anyone perfect university out there. Uh, but that's one thing that really stood out to me. And you can see some of the groundbreaking things that they're doing and continuing to do. I was impressed with uh, them giving Mel Tucker a uh, contract uh, like that, making him a lifetime coach at Michigan State. I mean, right. that's that's remarkable. A hundred million dollar contract, you know, 95, I think it was 95 million dollar contract, you mm-hmm. know, making him you know, a lifer at Michigan State University, making that kind of investment in a man that looks like me. When right. I look in the mirror, you know what I'm saying? He he and I share the same color. That's right. that's amazing. You don't you don't see that often with with uh, men that look like us. You know, it's, it's usually right. on the other side. <clears throat> it's usually on the other side. And so uh, then, of course, hiring a black athletic director. Uh, just remarkable things that uh, benchmark accomplishments that are being done at the university. They they don't get a lot of attention, but I think deserve that. And, uh, and, and that's why I'm proud, a proud Spartan. And again, proud to have um, uh, this Michigan state board of trustee, Brianna Scott with us on this week's edition of the thinking out loud radio show guys, we getting ready to take our next break. When we come back, we're jumping right back into my interview with this distinguished alumni of Michigan State and Board of Trustee, Brianna Scott. We'll be right back. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. 
Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. All right, guys, we are back. And I know you have been enjoying my interview with this distinguished Michigan State Board of Trustee and attorney and our woman of influence for this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Brianna Scotch. And I'm just so happy uh, to have her with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, and in this segment, guys, we're going to uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, something I think that is tremendously historic. I'm sure you all know about uh, the confirmation hearing of the first African-American uh, Supreme Court justice nominee, first African-American woman Supreme Court justice nominee and Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson. And um, there is a video that's been circulating around the web of Senator Cory Booker uh, talking to uh, Ketanji Judge Brown Jackson. And I want to share uh, this uh, this brief video. And I want uh, our our guest, uh, Attorney Brianna Scott, to uh, to comment on this uh, afterwards. Take a listen. I'm telling you right now, I'm not letting anybody in the Senate steal my joy (laughs) because I know you and I, we appreciate something that we get that a lot of my colleagues don't. And I want to tell you when I look at you, this is why I get emotional. It's hard for me not to look at you and not see my mom, not to see my, my cousins. I see my ancestors and yours. You have earned this spot. You are worthy. You are a great American. There is a love in this country that is extraordinary. You admitted it about your parents. They loved this nation, even though this country didn't love them back. But you are here because of that kind of love. And nobody's taken this away from me. That is a powerful, powerful statement that uh, Senator Cory Booker made. And, you know, uh, Attorney Brianna Scott, I want to know from you, do you feel like uh, he wasn't just talking to uh, Judge uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, but I believe he was talking to uh, every young black woman, every black woman, uh, whether they're in this country, around the world, whether they're uh, in in uh, Zimbabwe or whether they're a cashier at Walmart or they are sitting uh, as she is uh, in the in in this historic seat uh, as a nominee for a Supreme Court Justice of the United States. What are your thoughts about that? He absolutely was, um, you know, 
as he was getting emotional, I think every black woman who was watching was getting emotional. Cause when I first heard it, I literally, like I was welling up inside. Um, Number one, we all need a Cory Booker in our life. Somebody that is going to cheer us on and tell us we are worthy because I, you know, I posted on my Facebook page, I think it was yesterday, that as black women, I feel that we are the least respected and protected group of people in the United States. I feel that way. I feel like we are like at the bottom as far as how people look at us Mm. of the totem pole sometimes. And the fact that if you put her credentials across the board with other nominees over the, the years and she outdoes them in almost every single category, the fact that they had anything to say about her um, it, 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 negative with regard to confirming her um, is just astounding. And it lets us know that we, although this country has come very far, we have so much further to go. Because the, 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 the things that they have put her through over the course of the last days as we have all been able to watch and rewatch, um, it's, it, it's just nothing short of disappointing. So I felt so much joy in saying his, his key word today to hear him say, you know what, let's not let that steal our joy. We're going to take this back, right? Because they're trying to take this moment from us. And when I say they, I mean those senators, they know who they are and they know why they're so against this appointment. They're trying to take this moment away from us and we have to take our power back. Right. We really do. And so I heard that as a mantra, um, like a call to all of us that, we're here to stay and we're going to love this country. We're going to keep going until it loves us back. That's basically what he's saying. Don't give up. You're worthy. Her, her daughter, the daughters that sit behind her, they're worthy. Every woman that's going to come after her, we are worthy. And as black women, we need to stand together as black people and be united, be each other's cheerleaders like Cory Booker is push each other. There's no need for jealousy. We have no place for that. As a people, we need to be celebrating each other and lifting each other and doing what we can to promote one another. I have a girlfriend who has like this this, um, slogan. She says, collaboration over competition. I was like, put it on t-shirt because it's true. We as black people, that's the way we need to be. And, and, And I swear, you know, Cory Booker, it's so articulate. Sounds like maybe he was a graduate of James Madison when he talks, right? <laughs> um, so articulate, so eloquent, so well thought out, but so passionate and so real at the right. end of it all. Um, you just couldn't help as, as a person of color not to be moved by what he said. And he is right. She is worthy. She is worthy. Um, there is nobody that even comes close to this one. This woman is bad, as my dad would say, right. <laughs> if he was living. That's a bad black woman right there. Bad black. So woman. yeah, you know, super proud, super proud, and we need to celebrate this moment. We definitely do. And when 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 he said you are worthy, I could I I just pictured you know him saying that to my daughters. Uh, I pictured him saying that to. Uh, to to other black women that may not have even ever heard uh, anyone say to them that they are worthy. 
right. and, 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 and knowing that they need to hear someone say that whether they feel like they are or not yes. that to hear someone say you're worthy, you know, yes. you, you so right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and thinking about, you know, why, uh, you know, some people don't even uh, strive to be anything more uh, than what they they claim to be or what they, you know, what they are. It's, you know, because they may not have gotten that positive reinforcement from someone in their circle. Uh, from society so, just beats you society. down so much. Yep. It yep. just beats you down so often. And, you know, sometimes you're just tired of being the first all the time, right? Like, you know, it is, it's, it's burdensome. It's tiresome. It is. Wow, it's wow. tiresome. And just the lack, like I said, of respect that black women tend to get, like, it just, it is so sad to me. And, and we have got to do better as a people, even how we treat each other, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to do better. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, what he said, I hope they play that, you know, for little kids in kindergarten, little black girls, little brown girls in kindergarten so that they can hear these things because it really starts as a child. It does. To build them up that self-esteem. It's hard to change it once they get to a certain age. We got to start when they're young to make them believe, as my dad always told us, there is nothing you can't do if you put your mind to it. Like, I just feel like I could do anything that I want to do, you know, with God, with God on my side and within his will for me. And so, um, yeah, it was an incredible speech. I'm, I'm sure he will be hearing about this speech for, for years and years. It's going to be legendary. We'll be talking about it and it'll be excerpts that we'll see, you know, years from now, because he, he said what all of us were thinking and feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, I know you have enjoyed my interview with this intelligent, distinguished MSU board of trustee uh, member, brilliant attorney, uh, our good friend, attorney Brianna Scott. So happy to have her with us uh, on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, before we close and let you go, share with our listeners how they can keep in touch with you, how they can follow you, how they can take advantage of your services if necessary. You know, if, if you need an attorney, we're recommending you reach out to Brianna Scott. Take it away. Thank you. Um, I would say, um, first and foremost, you can find me at MSU. My email is Scott, S-C-O-T-T-B-R-I, Scott Bree, at MSU.edu. Um, and so you can certainly email me there. Um, my law firm is Brianna T. Scott & Associates, PLLC, in Muskegon, Michigan. Um, I can be reached there. We have a website, www.briannascott.com. So I can be reached there as well. Um, and I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I'm, you know, I have a Twitter. I don't use it all that often. I have an Instagram. I'm not on there that often. And I'm really trying to kind of not be on Facebook all the time either, but I am there. So um, certainly you can send me That's a friend request or, or follow me or what have you um, in that capacity. And, um, you know, like I said, I am always available. So feel free to reach out to me. I, I love opportunities like this to talk and, and to anytime I can brag about MSU. Um, so yeah, just reach out to me if there's any um, thing that I can ever do, or if you ever wish to have me on the show in the future. So absolutely. Thank you. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Guys, I know you've enjoyed my interview with MSU Board of Trustee and Attorney Brianna Scott on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, Attorney Scott, we wish you nothing but success in all that you do. We hope we that uh, we've established a connection and we can have you back on to talk about MSU and talk about, uh, you know, what you're doing uh, to better the MSU community uh, and whatever you have going on. This platform is yours whenever uh, you like to come back. <laughs> and uh, we we definitely have enjoyed you being with us. Thank you so much for having me. This has been enjoyable as well. I'm always happy to talk with another Spartan. Um, go green, go white. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Guys, uh, we're getting ready to get out of here. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to right the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. CEO Teresa Lundy. <laughs> when when you are dealing with a professional like Roland, and again, this is when he was on TV One. Thinking, thinking out loud. Um, you start to you you feel comfortable, right? And so I, that actually opened the door for many other opportunities. And so when he said, Teresa, I'm leaving TV One. Um, I made sure that I kept in contact and I said, listen, you know, for this daily digital show, you know, I'm flexible. Let me know, uh, you know, anything you need. And next thing you know, I'm getting booked. And so Tuesdays are my days on Roland Martin Unfiltered. And it's just been a pleasure. You know, I'm sitting here for two hours getting to, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully I'm doing a good job is uh, giving my perspective as a black woman, as a, a, a business uh woman as a CEO of a company uh, about some of these issues, you know, as it relates to uh, criminal justice reform, police reform, um, and so many other issues. Join us each week as we celebrate Women's History Month right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you get you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. It's time. 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 For the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Thought of the Week. Oh, 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 oh,
Hey, what's cracking, Planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. The thought for this week comes from Senator Cory Booker as he delivers a very powerful speech directly to Supreme Court Justice nominee Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. And for a moment, I want you to take a minute and close your eyes. And I want you to visualize these remarks that Senator Cory Booker is giving to this Supreme Court Justice nominee. And I want you to visualize them being given to your daughter, to your significant other. Hearing these empowering words being instilled into the minds and the hearts of women, not just in this country, but around the world. I want you to take some time and just listen and reflect upon the remarks from Senator Cory Booker. Take a listen. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not letting anybody in the Senate steal my joy. I told you this at the beginning. I, I have, I, I'm embarrassed. It happened earlier today. I just look at you and I, I start getting full of emotion. I'm jogging this morning and I'm at the end of the block I live on. And I get terrified because I put my music on loud when I'm jogging, <laughs> trying to block out the noise of the, of the heart attack I'm having. <laughs> and this woman comes up on me, practically tackles me, an African-American woman. And the look on her eyes, she just wanted to touch me because I think, because I'm sitting so close to you, and tell me what it meant to her to watch you sitting where you're sitting. And you did not get there because of some left-wing agenda? You didn't get here because of some dark money groups? You got here how every black woman in America who's gotten anywhere has done. By being... (laughs) Like Ginger Rogers said, I did everything Fred Astaire did, but backwards in heels. And and so I, I'm just sitting here saying nobody's stealing my joy. Nobody's going to make me angry, especially not people that are called in a conservative magazine demagogic for what they're bringing up that just doesn't hold water. I'm not going to let my joy be stolen because I know you and I. We appreciate something that we get that a lot of my colleagues don't. I know Tim Scott does. When I first came to this place, I was the fourth black person ever popularly elected to the United States Senate. And I still remember a lot of mixed people, white folks, black folks work here. But at night, when people are in line to come in to clean this place, the the, the percentage of minorities shift a lot. And so I'm walking here, first week I'm here, and somebody who's been here for decades doing the 
urgent work of the Senate, but it's the unglamorous work that goes on no matter who's in offices. The guy comes up to me, all he wants to say, I can tell is, I'm so happy you're here. But he comes up and he can't get the words out. And this man, my elder, starts crying. And I, I just hugged him. And he just kept telling me, it is so good to see you here. It's so good to see you here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I love my brother, Tim Scott. We could write a dissertation on our disagreements. He gave the best speech on race. I wish I could have given a speech, good of a speech. But talking to the challenges and indignities that are still faced. And you're here. I was in the White House with my Democratic colleagues and I'm, again, I'm in my joy. I can't help it. <laughs> and, and, and the president's asking our advice, who should we nominate or whatever. And I look at Kamala and we have a knowing glance which we've had for years, when she and I used to sit on this end of this committee at times. And then I try to get out to the president what it means. What it means. And I want to tell you, when I look at you, this is why I get emotional. I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're a person that is so much more than your race and gender. You're a Christian, you're a mom, you're, you're, you're an intellect, you love books, but for me, I'm sorry. I, I, it's hard for me not to look at you and not see my mom, not to see my, my cousins, one of them who had to come here and sit behind you. She had to, be, she had to have your back. I see my ancestors and yours. Nobody's going to steal the joy of that woman in the street or the calls that I'm getting or the texts. Nobody's going to steal that joy. You have earned this spot. You are worthy. You are a great American. Your hero is Constance Baker Motley. Mine, she has sat on my desk for my offices that I've held. She's my icon of America. Her name is Harriet Tubman. There is a love in this country that is extraordinary. You admitted it about your parents. They loved this nation, even though there were laws preventing them from getting together. When they were loving, there were laws in this country that would have prevented you from marrying your husband. It wasn't that long ago, it was last generation. But they didn't stop loving this country, even though this country didn't love them back. What were the words of your heroes and mine? What did Constance Baker Motley do? Did she, this country that she saw insults and injuries, when she came out of law school, law firms wouldn't even hire her because she was a woman. Did she become bitter? Did she try to create a revolution? No, she used the very constitution of this nation. She loved it so much, she wanted America to be America. As Langston Hughes wrote, oh, let America be America again. The land that never has been yet, but yet must be the land where everyone is free. Oh, yes, I say it plain, America never was America to me, but I swear this oath, America will be. That is the story of how you got to this desk. You and I and everyone here, generations of folk who came here and said, America, I'm Irish, you may say, no, Irish or dogs need to apply, but I'm gonna show this country that I can be free here. I can make this country love me as much as I love it. Ch 
Chinese Americans first forced into near slave labor, building our railroads, connecting our country, saw the ugliest of America, but they were going to build their home here and say, America, you may not love me yet, but I'm going to make this nation live up to its promise and hope. LGBTQ Americans from Stonewall women to Seneca, hidden figures who didn't even get their play until some Hollywood movie finally talked about them and how they were critical for us defying gravity. All of these people loved America. And so you faced insults here that were shocking to me. Well, actually not shocking. But you are here because of that kind of love. And nobody's taken this away from me. So you got five more folk to go through. Five more of us. And then you can sit back and let us have all the debates. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a well-charted Senate floor because it's not going to stop. They're going to accuse you of this and that. Heck, in honor of your person who shares your birthday, you might be called a communist. But don't worry, my sister. Don't worry. God has got you. And how do I know that? Because you're here. And I know what it's taken for you to sit in that seat. Harriet Tubman is one of my heroes because the more I read about this person, the more, I mean, she was viciously beaten. Her whole life, she used to fall into spells, cracked skull. She faced starvation, chased by dogs. And when she got to freedom, what did she do? Did she rest? No, she went back. Again and again and again. The star was, the sky was full of stars. But she found one that was a harbinger of hope. For better days, not just for her and those people that were enslaved, but a, a harbinger of hope for this country. And she never gave up on America. She fought in the, led troops in the Civil War. She was involved in the suffrage movement. And as I came back from my run, after being near assaulted by, a, by someone on the street, I thought about her and how she looked up. She kept looking up. No matter what they did to her, she never stopped looking up. And that star, it was a harbinger of hope. Today, you're my star. You are my harbinger of hope. This country is getting better and better and better. And when that final vote happens, and you ascend onto the, onto the highest court in the land, I'm gonna rejoice. And I'm gonna tell you right now, the greatest country in the world, the United States of America, will be better because of you. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Booker. We're gonna take a 10. you win.
enjoyed the remarks that we shared from Senator Cory Booker as he spoke directly to Supreme Court Justice nominee Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson. And I truly believe there are women that are listening to this podcast today that needed to hear that they are worth it, that they are worthy, that they are inspirational, that they are empowered and powerful, that they are phenomenal. I want you to hear those words and I want you to be inspired by those words and motivated by those words to see yourselves better than you could ever imagine. And we hope these words truly bless you. Shouts out to our good friend, attorney Brianna Scott, and also MSU Board of Trustee member for being with us. And this week's Woman of Influence on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we truly, truly appreciate her. Thank you so much, Miss Scott, for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to be with us again. Uh, she is such an influential woman uh, and doing so many great things. We truly appreciate her carving out time to be with us right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And thank you guys for tuning in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We truly, truly appreciate it. We hope you're enjoying this series of Women of Influence shows. We're giving you the best minds, giving you their best thoughts that you can find right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show from attorney Marilyn Mosby to CEO Teresa uh, Lundy to uh, Woman of God Renee Antoinette and this week's uh, Woman of Influence attorney Brianna Scott. So happy to have had them all on this month's Woman of Influence series celebrating Women's History Month right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And remember, next week's show is going to be Bananas, the celebration of her story with Ty Scott King, uh, Cherie and Danny, uh, three creatives and influencers that are doing some big things. And I can't think of any better way uh, to close out this Woman of Influence series than with these three powerful women of influence. You don't want to miss next week's show, let me tell you get out of here but always remember if you think it you can believe it if you can believe it you can see it if you can see it you can be it the power rests within you the mind's the most powerful muscle in your body use what you got to get what you want the power is in you it's the thinking out loud radio show thank you for listening Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you.